this sparked the beginning of a new violent conflict between Hamas and Israel. I specify Hamas because I've noticed on social media very frequently people refer to the Palestinians and Hamas as if they were one and the same thing and they are not. I there is an important uh, uh, distinct difference between an extremist group that claims to uh, 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 you know support um, uh, the Palestinian people and then the Palestinian people themselves. The same way that there is a difference between the Israeli government and the Jewish people. Right? These two things are not essential uh, to the identities of either group. You know, you just scroll through Twitter, as one does, and all of a sudden, I see Israel, the account, tweet out all these emoji rockets. And I was like, that's pretty weird. That's like a pretty weird thing to do. And they do this, right? They explain... Just to give you all some perspective, these are the total amount of rockets shot at Israeli civilians. Each one of these rockets is meant to kill. Hashtag Israel under attack. Damn. So, in a vacuum, that's a pretty scary statement. And I think that, uh, uh, you know, on, uh, uh, on the surface... Uh, wow, that's, that's like cause for some serious concern. Here's the issue that I have with that here. And we can, you know, just that way everyone can see. Make no mistake, every rocket has an address. What would you do if that address was yours? So why, why did Israel do this? Very recently, there has been a lot of tension uh, in that region. Uh, because of uh, uh, there's been a lot of tension in that region between the Israeli government and the Palestinian people uh, and also the Israeli people there as well if I'm going to be completely honest the reason for this tension is well it's been boiling over for a while and there's a lot of things that go on in that region um that are extremely complicated and there's a lot of nuance that needs to be spoken about, especially when you talk about the Middle East in general uh, broadly. Um, however, for the purpose of this conversation, for the purpose of, you know, why this tweet was sent out or, or what, for the purpose of the timeline during when this tweet was sent out, um, I want to talk about a very specific moment um, that was caused a uh, I want to talk about a very specific moment that was uh, the boiling point for everything that happened. Hey, what's up, Rocky? Oh my God, I don't have um, I don't have chat up. So, uh, I want to focus 
on one moment instead of going into the entire uh, uh, history of Israel uh, and Gaza and the Palestinian people. I want to talk about the moment that sort of like uh, made this whole event pop off, uh, you know, these last few days. This all starts um, from the best of my understand, the best of my understanding with Sheikh Sheikh Jarrah. I pray that I am saying that correctly. I apologize if I butchered that pronunciation. Um, But yeah, so Sheikh Jarrah is a neighborhood in East Jerusalem um, that is predominantly Palestinian. The Israeli government has been uh, uh, evicting people from the from this neighborhood, uh, claiming that it is actually uh, that land is actually entitled to the Jewish people of Israel. The Palestinians that live there are obviously very opposed to these uh, evictions because many of of uh, the Palestinians that live there have lived there for uh, generations. And even before they were there, um, the only reason that they ended up there was because they were displaced from their previous locations. So the Palestinians there are very um, uh, against, you know, the, these these evictions. Uh, primarily, there are four families um, that have sort of uh, been the uh, victims um, of these most recent evictions that... Uh, it seems like the initial tension sort of like revolved around them and the Israeli government um, basically claiming their homes uh, for Israeli settlers that seek to uh, move into that land. That These processes, these evictions that the Israeli government is leading against um, these families in Sheikh Jarrah, uh, led to there being widespread protests in that area um and it led um uh uh to protests that clashed with uh you know israeli police um a lot of people got injured um it uh uh uh, and then those protests extended uh into through uh ramadan um this is where everything kind of uh, culminated. This was the uh, the popping point, right? This is this this is where the tea kettle like started ringing, um, because so on Ramadan, the Palestinian people went to go worship at a mosque uh, called Al Aqsa. Uh, which is also in East Jerusalem. Uh, This mosque is the third most holiest place uh, on earth in Islam. Um, And uh, during this time uh, of Ramadan, you know, during this holiday, uh, there were many Palestinian people that were, uh, you know, practicing their religion uh, at at at, uh, at Al Aqsa, uh, you know they were they were praying, they were worshiping. Um, but the protests uh, that were initiated because of the Sheikh Jarrah evictions uh, had spread. Um, 
Israeli forces had met uh, uh, some of the worshippers at the mosque. Um, and then protesters were also there, you know, and uh, the Israeli uh, forces surrounded the area. And there was a, a clash that occurred. Now, if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm not entirely sure how this part played out. Um, there is a little bit of contradictory um, like stories as far as this goes, like whether there was, at least from what I understand, um, there, you know, an Israeli uh, officer said that he felt that, you know, that they were under attack. And then that's what led to the violence ensuing on the from the Israeli side. Um, I don't know how credible that is, but that is supposedly, you know, the, the, the narrative that is being given. Um, that led to the Israeli forces uh, basically storming the mosque while people were worshipping. They were throwing stun grenades. People were getting shot with rubber bullets. Uh, uh, and it became a giant shit show. Uh, several people were injured. Uh, many, many people uh, uh, um, uh, were, were, were severely hurt. Um, and this sparked the beginning of a new violent conflict between Hamas and Israel. I specify Hamas because I've noticed on social media very frequently people refer to the Palestinians and Hamas as if they were one and the same thing and they are not I there is an important uh, uh, distinct difference between an extremist group that claims to uh, 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 you know support um, uh, the Palestinian people and then the Palestinian people themselves. The same way that there is a difference between the Israeli government and the Jewish people. Right? These two things are not essential uh, to the identities of either group. We can talk about one uh, uh, without mentioning the other. And we can criticize the bad things that both of these things do. With that being said... Uh, uh, Israel is the one who is in control here. Okay, we're going to get into that in, in a little bit, but uh, 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 but they are the, the they are the ones that are the nation state. They are the ones with you know international superpower allies. They are the nuclear power. They are the ones that are holding the reins. All right, but anyway, so Israel's attack on Al Aqsa. Um, or, or Israel's attack on the protesters that were on, that were at Al Aqsa, led to Hamas launching rockets into Israel. Uh, Hamas said that it was you know uh, uh, that that Israel was attacking Palestinians, you know, and that was Hamas's excuse to attack Israel. Then Israel decides, well. Um, you know, you attacked us, so now we have an excuse to attack you. Ben Benjamin Netanyahu made it very well known that he was not going to be cautious with his attacks um, in retaliation to 
Hamas. Instead of uh, using moves that are more precise, instead of using strategies that perhaps are more surgical in their application, um, Benjamin Netanyahu decided that it was appropriate um, to indiscriminately carpet bomb uh, 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 parts of Gaza. Uh, in these attacks, uh, I believe at this point, the death toll is now over 200, uh, a quarter of which are children. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has dropped bombs uh, in buildings where journalists and reporters uh, operate. They have uh, killed doctors and uh, medical researchers. These attacks must be condemned in every single way. Now, many have come around and said, oh, well, Israel has the right to defend itself. And no one is saying that Israel does not have the right to defend itself. In a vacuum, yeah, sure, absolutely. But there is a difference between defense and then disproportionate offensive, like, or, or being disproportionately, disproportionately offensive. Israel has a defense system known as the Iron Dome, and it is uh, due to this reason that many of the rockets that uh, Hamas fires into Israel. Um, they don't even make it in. Many of the rockets don't even make it into Israel at all before they hit the Iron Dome. Um, so there's no... There, the possibility for uh, mass damage is very minimal. Hamas... Gaza and the Palestinian people in general do not have uh, a defense system like that, though. So when Israel drops its bombs, it is always hitting its target. Um, and not only is it hitting its target, but it's wiping out everything within its proximity. We need to talk about the difference in power here and why it's Israel that's in, that's in control of the situation. Hamas is really terrible. We should condemn Hamas. They do horrible things. I believe they targeted a school in one of their attacks and that's absolutely disgusting. They are bad people. They are not a government. They are not recognized by any Western superpower. They have toys compared to the weaponry that Israel has. 
Israel has uh, allies in the Western world, all of which are superpowers. They themselves are a nuclear superpower. As we just spoke about, they have incredible defenses uh, 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 for these rocket attacks. I believe their their death count right now is 10, uh, if I'm not mistaken, two of which are children. Um, they are the ones who are able to dictate the terms of engagement in this situation. They are the ones that are able to make demands. Now, I'm not going to get into, uh, you know, like if there should be a two-state solution or anything like that. To be honest, I, I do not have the uh, uh, education to, to talk on that specific issue um, uh, broadly or at all even. But what I do know, what I do see is that right now we have a government... We have a state power that is oppressing a marginalized group. Um, And actually, let me rephrase that. We have a state power who is committing genocide onto a marginalized group. We have a state power that is forcibly removing people of an ethnic minority out of their homes um and this is often met with a uh, uh, legal action you know through evictions or uh there are times when police and uh armed state uh officials come into their homes drag these people out um, if Israel wants to stop the violence that Hamas is engaging in, if Israel wants to stop the extremism that is coursing through the Palestinian community, as they claim, the way to go about doing this is that the state has to stop treating these people like third-class citizens. They must be recognized as uh, uh, citizens under the Israeli government, full-fledged citizens. Their rights cannot be trampled. You can't kick people out of their homes. You can't force people to constantly live under a bombardment of fire and expect that they won't try to fight back, that they won't try to resist your attempt to annihilate them. A suggestion that I have heard recently, and I, I, as I said, I am not an expert, so I don't know how plausible this is. But perhaps it's something that we can consider. We need to maybe stop funding Israel the way that we do. A lot of what we give Israel, a lot of the funds and military that we give Israel 
is unconditional. Well, maybe we need to limit that. If the United States is a beacon uh, for freedom and for democracy, for human decency, um, as those in President Biden's administration would have us believe, if the U.S. really believes in those things, then we must come out now and demand that our strongest ally in the Middle East also abide by those values. We have to be able to hold our allies to account. It does not help our message when we talk about freedom and then turn around to our friends and tell them, oh yeah, if you want to commit your genocide, go right ahead. By the way, here's all this money and weapons, you know, to help you do it. I don't think that that sends a good message to the, to the rest of the world. And it makes us seem really, really bad. I think it makes us look really hypocritical.